0: Welcome back to another episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm Bobby Beach-Pattison, and as always, joined by head men's basketball coach of the Briarcliff University men's basketball chargers coach, Mark Sviguerra. Coach, we're going to dive into it, but, oof, I mean, long weekend, but, hey, one of the best weekends, always a fun weekend to be a part of. How are you doing here, sitting here on Sunday as we record this, kind of looking back?
1: Well, looking back, I mean, anytime you go 2-0, and for a week in the G Pack, you're doing pretty good. Um, you know, some high-stress games we had this past week, obviously. But, uh, man, you want to talk about a group of guys playing with some, some serious toughness. Two games on the road in tough environments. Uh, both games, we were down six with under four to go. Came back and won them both by two. I mean, we can sit here and nitpick some execution stuff and and all that and and there's plenty of that to nitpick but man it's hard to win on the road and and to do it in the fashion we did this week I think showed a lot of toughness.
0: Yeah so we're gonna dive into it right away uh talk about here Wednesday going up to Jamestown um when the polls had came out uh they actually were 12, bumped up a spot to 11 uh and let's kind of dive into it here it came out with an 81-79 win and and for those that didn't catch it, uh, you actually, on the bus ride home, actually went on to the uh, the Cascade Hoops podcast talk and, and spoke with them here a little bit about it. We'll kind of touch base on, on all of that. But, I mean, you said it. I mean, just punches thrown by each team. What an absolutely gritty win by the guys going up there, getting it done when towards the end of the game there, up until about five, six minutes left, Jamestown was kind of getting some momentum back. But, man, those last five minutes – what an amazing finish and to come out of the g-pack road win that's huge against a really solid jamestown team
1: yeah it, it was i mean first and foremost i mean it was an absolute rock fight of a game um and you know it was physical it was tough it was it was back and forth to start but then i don't know exactly when it was maybe the 12 minute mark of the first half from there until about two minutes left in the game, I felt like we were down four to eight points the whole time. And, you know, there's credit to the guys. We we hung around. Um, you know, we missed a couple opportunities here and there. Um, I thought we maybe dodged a bullet at halftime. I thought we could have been down a little bit more than we were, and, and we got it to five. We hit a three right before half, um, and, and that was big for momentum. And then just down the stretch – like First and foremost, we were having a hard time getting stops. Jamestown is really good offensively. They have so many weapons, so many different ways to beat you. Um, we got some stops. That kick-started us a little bit, ended up making a couple big plays, had a couple big finishes around the basket, and, you know, came down to it. You know, we had a two-point game. Our ball came out of a timeout. We got exactly what we wanted. Guys really executed what we had, um, and we just missed the shot. And so we had to go down. We had to get a stop. And, you know, we we did. We get a rebound with however many seconds left. And I know you watched it, Bobby, the last about second of that game seemed like it took about half an hour to get through. But we had a a whistle before the buzzer for a foul. So we shot the free throws, missed the second one, Uh, thought the game was over for a second time. There was a whistle that wasn't heard before the buzzer and they put 0.1 seconds on the clock and finally on the third time that we thought we won the game we actually won the game and it was over so it was it was of good performance you look at that box score really really balanced scoring um in that game I think we had four guys in double figures and maybe a fifth that was really close but uh, you know to this point of the season that's as much of a team win as you're going to find um, we, we had some contributions from multiple guys, and you know, when it came down to it, we we had to get three, four stops in the last five, six possessions, and, and we found a way to get it done.
0: Yeah, and you, you talked about the box score and a couple of things I wanted to touch on here. I mean, led by both Sheldon boys here. I mean, Kyle with a huge 19 points, four rebound, four assists, and then Jane pitching it with 16 the thing that really impressed me, too, and you had mentioned it on, on Cascade, and as you were saying it, I'm glad you you said it, because I was thinking of it while watching it online. Those four assists by Kyle Boerhead kind of go a little unshadowed a little bit. Um, I mean, both with with Q and Kyle for their size and playing out of the pinch post, they're really good at seeing the floor, really good passers. And those four assists by Kyle, I mean, those were huge assists, and a couple of those came at well-needed times. But he's just got such good touch and good feel when it comes to the pinch post. And, i I personally thought those four assists were were huge and a little undershadowed uh, when a couple of them kind of came in clutch situations there.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's easy to look at the box score and you look at the points first, which most people would, but you know sometimes it's the little things um you know, like making a pass out of a post double team or you know finding a cutter to the basket that those sometimes can be absolute backbreakers for a defense you know, sometimes you spend so much time focusing on one thing and then you get beat on something else. And it's, it's, it's just devastating to your defense. And we were on the other side of that in that game too, a couple of different times. We were a little slow to get out of the double team and it puts us, puts you in a scramble mode. And if you're not on your toes ready to rotate, it's tough to recover. And, and we got them in a couple of those situations. I thought Kyle started that for us.
0: Now, coach, it's kind of been joked around here a little bit on the podcast. I mean, you've yourself some props at your good passing, but I, I do kind of want to tie that in with the question here. So when you do have guys such as Kyle and Q who can, uh, for their size be in the pinch post overlook the defense and see the floor, are there times in practice that you're kind of giving them some pointers or different reads to be looking for on the floor to kind of help with that a little bit, or is there anything that kind of goes into that for you?
1: Well, it's a, there's a feel to it for sure. And those guys have it. Um, I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of things that I can demonstrate as a basketball player at this stage of my life, which is why having Coach Forbes on staff is is really good, because he's able to do that. But when it comes to passing, I can still do that. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I can I can show them. But at the end of the day, it's those guys doing it. It's those guys making the reads. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you have to take a chance now and again, and just deal with, you know, me probably yelling at you for turning the ball over. But you have to do that to make some of those plays. And, you know, those guys, like I said, have great feel for it. And, you know, they're old veteran guys. They've been they've been in the program. They've been running our offense for for a good amount of time. And you just get a certain level of comfort um, with what's going on. And, and I think that goes to it. I mean, you look at, I don't know where our season stats are at. I think Q might be our leading assist man on the season um, as our starting five man. So that doesn't happen very often. That's a credit to him.
0: Yeah, and with a team like Jamestown, you talked about it, so many weapons and things like that. And, and I know I've tried to touch on it every podcast, just talking Briarcliff's known for the Princeton offense and the amount of three-pointers and the efficiency and points per possession. We've talked about that and analytics and all that. But defensively, I mean, when you hold a team like Jamestown to 79 points with, with Walters and Joes and all the guys that they have, I mean, defensively, going to Jamestown and keeping them under 80 points, oof, that, that's a feat in itself.
1: Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, there was a lot of things we could have done better on that end, but our guys never stopped competing, and sometimes I think that's half, or maybe even more than half the battle, is just having a team that's willing to go out and compete. You know, the execution is important, but I do think it takes a backseat a lot of times, especially when you're on the road, especially when you're in a conference game. You got you to gotta be tough. You have to really compete. You have to find ways to win tough possessions you have to find a way when a loose ball rebounds on the floor to go get it you know or at least get to a jump ball situation so you know we'll talk about Dort's game but i think about one we got yesterday a loose ball tipped rebound ended up with a huge three late in the game and finding a way to win those possessions defensively is huge
0: Yeah, and that's actually a play I do want to talk about here because I'm glad you brought it up. I wanted to 100% hit that um, as we talked about door. But last thing on Jamestown here, as a program, and there's a lot of Pack games left. And we know at this point in the year, like this is the, this is the stretch, the meat and potato and the schedule. Just talk briefly, what does a win like this just kind of do for the program? I mean, uh, even considering Saturday's win at door, but going up to Jamestown beating the top 11 team in the country. Talk about what that does for, for the guys in the program, just setting themselves up here for the rest of the season in this late G-pack push.
1: Well, short answer, it's, it's a great confidence builder, you know, and I think, I don't think we lack for confidence, but I think what's more important than just individual confidence is team ego Um, when it's all team driven and when you have a a team effort like we had up there, that's huge. Um, You know, you win a tough game like that. And we've been in positions like that a few times this year. We've won a couple, we've lost a couple. And, you know, when you win another one and you win another one, you just keep building that confidence. Now on the flip side of it, the coach answer in me says, you know what, it's one game. It counts just like every other game doesn't matter if they're number 11 in the country or number 211 in the country it's a g-pack win for us and that's huge and you know you have to take every game one at a time but it was definitely a big momentum boost it was a it was a great great win to get it was a it was a fun locker room atmosphere and you know it makes that five and a half hour bus trip home pretty dang fun you know because shout out to the women team they won up there too I believe in the four years Jamestown's been in our league, I believe that's the first time both teams have, have won up there. And so that makes for a fun bus ride all the way around.
0: Yeah, for sure it does. And, yeah, shout-out to the women as well, getting a huge victory. But, yeah, the men go up to Jamestown here Wednesday and defeat Jamestown in Jamestown 81-79. And, Coach, we're going to turn our attention to Saturday now, uh, going up to Sioux County again, playing up uh, at Dort, coming away with a 70-68 to win. Very similar to Jamestown in a sense, those last 4.4 seconds kind of felt like it took 10 years off of my life for sure. I don't know how it felt. I mean, I can about imagine how it felt on your end, but you just talk about... Well, let's back that know. up.
1: It was, it was the last 8.8 seconds, Bobby, because, you know, take you want to talk about taking years off my life. We had three chances to get the ball inbounded versus press, and, and unfortunately, we went 0 for 3. Um, and then there was a timeout, and then there was Dort Ball, and, you know, we we made a play, got a stop, but, uh, yeah, it definitely, best case, it added a few gray hairs that I can't afford right now.
0: Yeah, and you get there, and the guys, for the first 15, 16 minutes of that first half, played really, really well, a little bit of a a lapse there kind of those last three four minutes cut the cut the lead at halftime to only up two I know bleaker hit a three-pointer there at the, the buzzer going at a half to put them down three or put them down two excuse me uh, but similar to kind of that Jamestown game just watching this game and the guys pretty hard to kind of question their toughness after those last two games and this performance uh, especially coming away with another hard fought game and, and coach I, I know I kind of joked around with you and Forbes about it after the game. Any time in a single season that you can be two and zero in Sioux County, it's not bad.
1: Yeah, it's a you ain't lying. And you know you talked about what I was gonna hit on too. You know, we, we had a ten point lead there with I don't know, maybe six minutes, six and a half minutes left in the first half. And you know it was it was our offense that kind of let them get back in it. We gave them, I think six transition points off our own turnovers. And man, when you got a team down 10, you know, obviously that's going to go one of three ways. You're just going to kind of sustain it to halftime. You're going to extend it or, or they're going to make a run and cut into it. And unfortunately that's what happened. And they, you know, the three was big, but uh, you know, I, I was disappointed with our offensive execution for the last five, six minutes of that half. I thought we just kind of, Led our foot off the gas pedal I thought we settled for a couple okay or tough shots and obviously the turnovers I talked about and then you know going one and a half time I, I challenged the guys you know you gotta they had all the momentum at that point and you know I really challenged guys to crank it back up get back to what was working um we had a couple little tweaks we talked about um you know and credit to Dort I mean they came out they kept that momentum in the second half it was back and forth for a lot of it and and just like the Jamestown game, we end up down six with maybe four, three and a half minutes to go. And again, it comes down to you got to find a way to get stops. We got four straight stops in a span there. Um, obviously, made some shots. Klein Hessling made a big three. Stillwell made a huge three. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about the end. It's just you know kind of a debacle for lack of a better term. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny because. If you look at the last few years of Dort-Briar-Cliff games, um, the vast majority have been really, really good games, really competitive, close, um, coming down to the final. I mean, we can go back to, you know, when you were a, a student coach for us, we had a game up there. We won a close game. We were down huge. We had a conference tournament game we lost by two Um Next year, we lost at home by three. Last year, we lost two close games of them. And, and Coach Van Hatton and I have joked a lot about, you know, how high the entertainment value is if you're a basketball person watching Briarcliff-Dort. And, in fact, coming out of that timeout with 4.4 seconds left, somehow we we caught eyes with each other and just kind of looked at each other and laughed like, here we go again. Because if, if you think back to the first time we played Dort, it was the exact opposite situation, you know. We were the home team. We were down with a little time on the clock with the ball and a chance to win or tie or, or whatever, and it just got completely flipped this time. And so, you know, getting out of there with the wins, huge. Again, tough, tough, tough win. A lot of resiliency shown by our guys. And, you know, a day we didn't shoot the ball great. Um, you know, you got you to gotta look at Matt Still. I mean, he was – really really good for us offensively and I think what's underrated and doesn't get talked about with him is he's a really good defender um he's a he's a playmaker he's in the right position a lot and where he's where he's at now from where he started the year I mean he's just gotten better and better and you know that's kind of what you expect Matt's a sophomore didn't play hardly at all last year as a freshman and had a great summer worked at it got better and you know, he's put him in a self to be put himself in a spot that he's incredibly valuable for us. And you know, he was he was really good. He had the, you know, up two shot clock winding down, he hits a pull up jumper to, to extend it to four. And man, in a game you win by two, you know, that just again, everything at the end of the game gets magnified, but that's a huge shot. And, you know, I can't say enough about how how impressed I was with how he played yesterday.
0: Yeah, and I, I was going to touch base on that as well, too. I mean, uh, you think about it. I mean, defensively, and he could have been guarding Rankin right away or Kopik, or, or either one, but they, those two would do DHOs. And both of those guards are really quick, really good, um, especially in that scheme and they're running. And if he had to be switched up on, on one of them, I mean, he played them pretty tight, um, didn't let them really feel comfortable the entire game or let them get going. So, yeah, defensively, he was huge. But, yeah, 21 points coming off the bench. Uh, that's monstrous. And I know that pull-up jumper was obviously huge. He had some big free throws in the second half as well. And he played um, just awesome. And I know, talk about it too, up two points at halftime and all of a sudden you look at it and there's 17 minutes left to go in the game. So three minutes out of the the second half and that Dorts up five and they went on a little bit of a run. It's like, all right, you can kind of feel the momentum in the gym slowly working its way back to Dort, But then you got Nick Hoyt who, hits a three-pointer right in front of the bench there and then gets that steal in the fast break layup. So he, he went on a 5 run by himself in a short time to tie it uh, and was able to, to tie it back up at 43. So that was huge. And another great thing about Matt Stillwell here, Coach, is, is that missed shot here late in the game. Matt Stillwell coming on the baseline was able to dive on the floor and tip it out to Quinn Vesey uh, and was able to kick it uh, to Jane Klein-Hessling for the huge three-pointer right in front of the bench. And the thing that really surprised me there is the angle that I had sitting where I was, the presence of mind as he's diving on the floor for Matt not to have that right foot kind of hit out of bounds and just the right play at the right time. And and having the program and preaching it all the time of diving on the floor, getting those 50-50 balls, I mean, that's it right there. That's That play, I thought, was the player of the game uh, and that really kind of got us over that little hump.
1: Yep, and, and like I said, those are the plays you have to make. Those are the tough possessions you have to win, and it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, if it's offensively or defensively. Those plays are huge, and, you know, the, we we gave up a few of those, uh, particularly in the first half. I was I was disappointed. We gave up a couple easy points because we didn't make those plays. We didn't come up with that tough defensive rebound. But, yeah, when it comes down to it late in the game, that that's an enormous play by Matt. It's it's a great, you know, decision by Quinn not to hold it and let their defense get set. He just kicked it right to Jaden. Jaden was wide open, standing right in front of me actually, and and knocked it in. And and that's that's winning basketball. You know, you you want to talk about
0: execution, all that at the end of the day, that's what winning basketball is. Yeah, so monumental uh, and really big time week for the program here, getting two. Very gritty wins, and that final score Saturday at Dort uh, came out with a nice 70-68 to 68 win, and you look at this week coming up here, only have one game this week, so I uh, got one thing to focus on here, but I guess a really tough opponent, and co- coach, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, one of the teams uh, kind of vying and really close in that log jam, that top three spot here in the conference, uh, Wednesday night hosting Northwestern, who we were fortunate enough to go up. To Orange City earlier in the year and get a really big win against them. But uh, Northwestern here lately has been playing really well. You got Van Calsbeek, uh Hillbrands, obviously their top two guys that are filling it up, but their role players starting to find their groove a little bit more too. So got a really hungry uh, and fiery Northwestern team coming in the Newman Flanagan Center here on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and, and Northwestern's been playing really well. I don't know what it is. They might have won eight of nine or seven of eight, something like that. Um, but, you know, they're coming off nice win against Midland um, over the weekend. I think the, the thing with Northwestern is, you know, obviously you talk about Alex Van Calsbeek's one of the leading scorers in the league. Trent Hillbrands is one of the leading scorers in the league. It's the other guys right now that are very confident. They're shooting the ball well. As a team, they're playing with a lot of confidence. You know they're going to be incredibly well coached. You know they're going to be incredibly well prepared. Um they have a lot of ways to beat you. Um, you focus too much on Van Cole'sby in the post, other guys are going to beat you. You focus too much on on Hillbrands on the perimeter. Other guys are going to beat you. And so it's a game where I think defensively, you have to be incredibly focused and dialed in to what we're doing. Um, but at the same time, you can't get so caught up in worrying about okay, we're gonna do this and this and this, that you lose your edge, you lose your aggressiveness, you lose your playmaking we have to be able to do both of those things. And and I think that's something we're getting better at. Um, I think we showed it at times against Dort and Jamestown over the over the last week, but it's something against Northwestern I think is really important. Um, you know, and then you have to really execute your offense because they're gonna have a defensive game plan. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're hard to play against defensively. You know, it's like sometimes they dare you to shoot it, other times they'll get up into you you just, you have to keep playing your game. You have to keep doing what you do and, and play with a ton of confidence. If you got an open shot, you knock it down. Um, but yeah, we, we played a, a heck of a game up there, you know, kind of like, you know, the Dort and Jamestown games, frankly, two point lead on the road had to have a stop very late in the game and and got it. And so I expect nothing other than a great game. And, you know, like I said, they're playing confident and, you know, we we've said this a couple times already this year, and and hopefully we can continue to say it some more to our guys. But you know, playing a game like this, Briarcliff Northwestern rivalry game, two good teams. That's why you come to Briarcliff. You know that that's what Briarcliff basketball is all about. You know, you play in those big games, big environment, um, a lot on the line, and you can take that one of two ways. You can you can take that as pressure, or you can take that as you know what well, it it's pretty dang fun. Um, you know, it's a heck of a lot better than you know, those close games against good teams, that's a lot more fun than winning by 30. You know, that that's fine once in a while, but man, it comes down to it in the conference. You're not going to get that very often. And you have to remember you get so caught up in the game and this and that and the other, you have to remember, just go out and have fun because that is, you know, I talk about it when we recruit kids, you know, we play huge games, we have some big rivalries and, this is it. That, that's exactly what we're going to get Wednesday night. So I, I know I'm looking forward to it, but I know our guys are too.
0: Yeah, and if there's anyone uh, on that roster that might need a little pick-me-up or, or juices flowing, uh, this is definitely a week to maybe hit up or call Coach Schultz because I think he might, uh, might uh, kind of get you going there uh, with some stories of his days and how much this game means to him and, and just everyone, alumni in the program. But, yeah, another huge game here uh, on Wednesday. And like I said, only one game here this week. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on, Northwestern, you talked about having the scout and get ready for the game offensively because they're a physical uh, and a good defensive team. But Coach Corver, across the entire conference, for as long as he's been there, is known as, hey, if there's a play that's working and they see a mismatch, they're not afraid to keep going back at that play and kind of expose uh, maybe a weakness, or so to speak.
1: No, and, and you know this, Bobby, because you've heard me say it in practices and scouting reports. Um, if, if he thinks you're a suspect defender, he will try to exploit you over and over and over again. Unfortunately, way back when I was actually in that position, um, because I know this is going to be hard for you to believe. I wasn't the world's greatest defender, um, as a basketball player, but he uh, no, I mean, you look at coach Corber's resume, it speaks for itself. The guy's won national titles. The guy's won multiple GPAC titles. He's a phenomenal coach. And, you know, they're going to be well-prepared and, and they're going to have a, a game plan. And, you know, so are we. And at the end of the day, like, I, I think back to that first game and I actually told Coach Corver this, I thought both of us had a perfect game plan for that game for the other team. I thought we both executed well. And just we made a couple more plays down the stretch. And so I think the the trap you can fall into now this time of year when we're in the second round of games with teams is you think, okay, well, we did this against Northwestern last time we won. Boom, do it again. It doesn't work like that. You know, you have to have something else ready at, at minimum, um, you know, and I think when when you're on the second go-round, when you're the team that, that lost that first game, I think your preparation and your focus is heightened just a little bit. Um, you know, and I think we probably have that a little bit getting ready for Dort um, you know, as they got us the first time. And I think Northwestern is probably going to have that for us. But I think the mentality our team has right now, I think the maturity our team has is they, they know everybody in this league is really good. I think they really do have an, an everyday one-at-a-time mentality, and that's what you have to have this time of year. Because there's, there's teams in the league that are still going to get better, which I hope we're in that mix. There's teams that are going to kind of stay the same, or they are what they are. And there's, there's, frankly, teams that are going to get a little worse. And I think when you have an everyday mentality, you're set up to, to give yourself a chance to be one of those teams that continues to get better.
0: And a question I had for you. So these weeks where you only have a game Wednesday and nothing Saturday, I, I know Coach Saban and Coach Forbes are probably into the next game already in scouting. We've hit on that here a little bit. But, but weeks like this that you only have one game, would you say it's – um, a little more refreshing, so to speak, I guess, when you can have all three coaches collectively kind of watching the film, being able to collaborate on, on scouting report when you only have one game in a week compared to that second one on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I mean, I think it's uh, these weeks where you only have one and it's the midweek and then you have the weekend by, you know, you, you end up putting just for three days, you put everything into that one game for preparation with your practices and then you know we'll figure out what we're going to do the rest of the week. We're going to take a couple of days off in there at some point because we need it. We're beat up a little bit, um, but yeah, you know it's it's and we collaborate. We talk about the scouting report, obviously, and you know I'm sure Coach Sabin's already passed Northwestern, and you know Coach Forbes and I are really on it right now. But it, uh, it's an interesting week. You know it, it just makes you you want to win that game, and it's not like if you lose it, it's the end of the world. But, you know, you have a week before your next game, and then you don't want to sit and dwell on a loss. And so we're going we're gonna to do everything we can in the next couple of days to get ready for that and, and make sure we, we try to play really well and let the chips fall where they may.
0: Yeah, so another huge game here on Wednesday. Northwestern traveling to town to the Newman-Flanagan Center. Women's game will tip off at six. Men's game will tip off after that at 7.45 here. Just the one game this week, one game on Wednesday uh, here for the men uh, at the Newman-Flanagan Center against Northwestern. Well, with that, we're going to roll into our next segment here, uh, the life rules, which I know uh, is always one of the better segments that we have here. Always a fun topic to kind of pick Coach's brain about here. Uh, coach, what do we have this week going on for uh, well, Coach Figueroa? life rule?
1: All right, so this, this, this is going to be – I'm kind of going to come down on myself a little bit because I actually broke one of my life rules uh, yesterday on the bus. You'd get done with your game at 8.30. There's not a lot of food options in Sioux Center, Iowa, on a Saturday night. We had pizza on the bus, whatever, pizza ranch. It's all good. Quick drive home. We're good. Well, we were Jaden Klein-Esling and I were sharing a pizza, and we noted that our particular pizza wasn't the, the best-looking pizza of the bunch. And my life rule is when you're, when you're eating pizza with a group, unless it's the first slice, you don't dig in between multiple slices. You just kind of move around. Well, there was one piece that did look pretty good within the, what was left. And I, I just reached right in and grabbed it. And that's, I broke my own life rule, but you know, Jaden and I kind of talked about it. There was two good looking slices. We were both going to take one and that one just happened to be connected to other pieces. So I broke that one, but you know, when you share pizza, you just work around once the first slice is is spoken for.
0: And I'm so glad you said that because I completely agree. It's always I don't have OCD about it, but if I open up the pizza lid and there's two gone the complete opposite side is gone, it's not going in order. It absolutely drives me nuts. I can't stand that. Well, and
1: It's like, why do I want your fingers all over my slice of pizza if I grab the next one?
0: Exactly, yeah. Well, so with that, we're going to work our way uh, into the shout-outs and a big week and some good things to choose from. So, Coach, uh, go ahead and lead us off here with your shout-outs of the week.
1: Well, I, I got two. One, you know, just after the week we had, I got to give a shout-out to the guys. They were tough as nails, stuck together through some adversity in both games, um, spending that whole week on the road. That's tough. And, and to come away to it all, I'm really, really, really proud of the guys for the way they fought. Um, and uh, second one, I got to give a shout-out to Connor Livis, who's a freshman. He's actually red-shirted and in, injured, had to have hip surgery, um, out for the year. But, uh, one, he's, he's a high-energy dude. He brings a lot of energy to our program. But that Jamestown trip, unfortunately, our student coaches weren't able to make the trip for a couple different reasons. Um, and Connor really jumped in and, and took over some of their duties without being asked. Um, carried the timeout chairs in and out of the gym. Had to do one of the charts for us on the bench. And, and he, he really
0: helped us out, particularly on that Jamestown trip. So shout-out to Connor. Yeah, and being from South Dakota as well, I've I've had the chance to watch Connor play uh, a lot of games in his high school career. One of the most hardworking uh, and, yeah, just solid guys. I've never been around. Obviously, his dad, uh, Craig, big-time dude, too. Uh, really solid family. So, yeah, good family there. love his family. Shout-out, Connor. My shout-out this week, um, so we don't have a sponsor here. Uh, might have to change this. I want to give a shout-out to United Airlines. Um, I'm not the biggest person when it comes to flying. Um, I don't know how public I am about that. Just, I, I just don't like it. If I have to drive 10 plus hours, I would much rather do that sometimes rather than fly. But want to give a shout out to United Airlines. Just got back with my wife. Um, went down to Nashville for a couple days. So got to, to and from Nashville and home safely. So shout out United Airlines for getting us there safe and easing my, uh, my presence of mind a little bit. Well, Coach, that's going to do it for this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. Uh, Just another reminder here, men's team only one game this week uh, on Wednesday. The Red Raiders from Northwestern coming to the Newman-Flanagan Center. Women's game will tip off at 6, men's game at 745. Just the one game here this week for the men's team. So uh, going to be a really electric crowd there, Coach. You already know that that uh, Newman-Flanagan Center is going to be rocking uh, once again with Northwestern coming to town. Please make sure you guys get over to the Newman-Flanagan on Wednesday. Uh, Need all the support. Blue crew, classes are back in session. They're going to be rocking again. going to be fun to have those guys back. So please get a chance. Go out to the Newman-Flanagan Center here on Wednesday as the Chargers uh, play Northwestern. So, Coach, with the one game this week, best of luck here. Looking forward to talking to you uh, next week here to touch base on that and pregame and look forward to uh, the next week. So best of luck, and, yeah, we'll talk to you here later on.
1: All right. Hey, thanks, Bobby.